0: Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices, and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during these tough times. I'm Kimberly Long, Age editor of The Banker, and today I'm speaking to Nick Cowan, CEO of GSX Group. Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Hi, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me. To
0: begin with, how could the current capital markets landscape be modified to work more effectively as we look forward towards this time outside of the coronavirus pandemic?
1: We've been looking at the capital markets infrastructure for, for a few years now, and you know our background at GSX is we've primarily come from capital markets. I was a global head of equities for one of the largest investment banks, and proud of that, I ran the, the trading operation globally. So we were lucky enough to have a ringside seat at how how markets work and I think I guess COVID-19 has highlighted even more the uh, probably the opportunity for innovation and you know I think when we talk about um, do things work efficiently I think the the answer is um, it it does to an extent I think things generally work in capital markets but innovation always has you know room to provide you know solutions to, uh, to problems and you know what we see as some of the problems, which it's not just us; it's it's market participants, and investment banks, and um, and uh, investors, etc. Is I think generally cost of capital is um, is is high. Um, the amount of failed trades is uh, is still very high, and there's legislation coming in in Europe um, later this year, which is going to start to try to. Focus and cut down the fails and actually charge for failed trades. And capital is having to be posted with central counterparties by the investment banks and broker dealers. Um, counterparty risk is still systemic. You know, there's just a there's a bunch of things. And I try to give a a layman's example. Let's just say that you were thinking of flying to Gibraltar, where we're where we're based, um, and you had to contract directly with the providers. So you, Kimberly, had to contract with the airport to let them know that you're, you're coming, you've got to contract with the airline, contract with immigration to let them know that you'll be coming through and also contract with the hospitality lounge because you want to have a, a drink before you fly. That sounds pretty inefficient and in many ways that's how the markets infrastructure generally works today where you're having to contract with intermediaries and financial markets infrastructure players. Does it work? Yes it does. You could get to Gibraltar by having to go through that process that I just outlined but could innovation make that more efficient where you just make one phone call or go online even better and everything's handled for you then, uh, then 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 we think that that's the future and that's really what we've been trying to work on by saying okay actually we can the technology has now caught up that allows us to to use digital technology to unleash some of those efficiencies
0: and as you said there's a lot of complexity there in the system now with the the levels of processing you have to go through. Uh, Would greater levels of uh, cross-border interoperability benefit the capital markets?
1: We think so, yes, because I think you imagine you've really got three stakeholders. You've got issuers, so companies who are seeking to raise capital to further their business. You've got investors who are willing to invest in that capital, whether it's shares or debt or, or whatever. And then you've got market participants who, who basically join the two using an exchange as the trusted marketplace they tend to be geographically restricted so an issuer in manchester for example or hong kong will tend to migrate to the exchange in country and that again is due to a lot of the legacy technology that's that's there and generally the companies act restricts some of those things that you can do and the central securities depository and all those good things are in are tend to be in country so issuers kind of get restricted by investor base of the exchange that they choose and actually we think that's a that's a really big opportunity as well where having multiple exchanges using a single digital infrastructure really allows that market to open up pan jurisdictionally and and allows issuers potentially obviously you've got to make sure that regulatory legally law eligibility everything you've got to make sure that all those boxes are are ticked but ultimately if you can get issuers access to capital outside of their jurisdiction, and you can get investors access to investment opportunities outside their jurisdiction, then that starts to you know, open up liquidity pools and becomes pretty exciting.
0: And as we move out of the lockdown phase of coronavirus now, what changes could be introduced to support the global capital markets?
1: As we talked about earlier, the, you know the inefficiency, and particularly when you look at things like failed trades, et cetera, and the cost of you know, balance sheet usage with central counterparties, et cetera, it works but it could work better we think that there's probably a couple of things i think at the moment if you look at individual jurisdictions everything starts with the law so generally what we try to do is focus on the law first and i think one of the big probably relatively easy wins that could be uh, handled is that you know countries and companies acts within those countries could start to recognize that shareholder registers and registers of members could be you could be held using blockchain technology because, at the moment, that uh, that hasn't actually been embedded yet, as far as I know, in law, in any country. So, you know, we could talk about you know lighter listing rules, but ultimately, you know, investor protection is is as vital as ever. Um, what you want to try to be able to do is just to bring efficiency. And I think if we could migrate to countries recognising shareholder registers using blockchain technology, that would be a that would be a really, I think. An easy win, but a huge sea change that would facilitate the issuance of, of digital securities, um, particularly with the parent jurisdictional aspect. So that becomes I think pretty exciting.
0: Great. Well, thanks very much for joining me today, Nick.
1: Kimberly, thanks ever so much.
0: And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and ACAST and following our discussions at thebanker.com/slash podcasts.